Beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam. And I'm Paul. And I'm Jerry. Tonight we're doing things a little differently because we have a, a, a guest that we're extremely excited about. We just want to we just want to talk to him, you know. Um, you would know him from uh, Master Distiller, and then later as a regular on Moonshiners. Um, he's making waves in Maggie Valley, um, you know, really doing some cool stuff. Uh, some 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 really cool stuff. I'll get my hands on some of his distill at some point. I bet you it's delicious, Mister Richard Landry. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? Well, uh, we are. Really excited. Um, we have been since you got back to us on Instagram. You know, we we uh, did not expect that you would ever even see the message because I'm sure you get a ton of them. Yeah, um, yeah, and we were yeah. we were just floored, you know, that you that you agreed to to come on and talk to us. So we're really really excited. It's all good, man. I do my own social media, so anytime you know I I see something that stands out, I can. I won't. I don't have somebody standing behind me saying, "No, nah, don't do that." <laughs> sure yeah um so we're starting with our palate warmers just like always you know i, I got a little something here in honor of the occasion like i was just telling you about but uh, i got to come up to the proof on that so i went with some uh this is uh the candied apple from maker's mark 110.5 proof um mr landry what are you drinking there i'm drinking some rum this is some louisiana rum right here some stuff we made a couple of years ago put in a barrel I put it in a barrel. I told my little brother, leave it alone. Don't touch it. Don't do nothing with it. <laughs> and so and he, he cracked the cork on it a while ago. And uh, I've been having it moving around, moving around, moving around. And then I get my buddy out up here, start making it. I said, man, this is the, this is the recipe. This is how you're going to do it, right? He hit it on the head. Put this in a barrel for six months, and it's the same damn product. You would swear it's the same thing. We see we were talking about recipes earlier, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, is that the uh, now is that the same sugar cane that you uh, that you uh, took to Market Digger and y'all were ringing it out and getting all that? Because that that man, that was some juicy sugar cane for sure. That is actually a really, really, really good sugar cane. And this guy does not sell sugar cane to a lot of people. You know what I mean? He uses it uses it mostly mostly. Excuse me, damn, that stuff's good. He uses it mostly in the uh in the alcohol world okay it's a couple of people in tequila mexico okay All so right. he's really he's he's really generalized and focused so you're not going to get this sugar it's not like we it it's from louisiana but it's not like we're going to even get it in louisiana lord knows what they're doing with it over there you know but when i get my hands on it straight out of the field a, a lot of people ask me was that real when we were ringing that sugar cane out i was like okay go get some and see <laughs> yeah it's right there in new iberia louisiana it's grown on side of the road you cut up the back of a pickup truck full and ring it out and see if you see if you're gonna be able to carry it away by yourself i think uh one question that i generally want to steer away from is is that real win or do you guys really do this mm -hmm. but uh you know um man I, i'm I, gonna tell you what every time i'm on that tv show i'm coming to felony i'm really making alcohol we're really doing something that we're not supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? I ain't never been on there and I not I did not not make alcohol, man. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I showed up, we were making alcohol. Tomorrow when we show up, I got fifteen hundred pounds of blue corn. I'm going in the morning. I'm going to set that deal up to bring the Maggie Valley so we we're gonna do it again. You think I'm gonna have fifteen hundred pounds of corn and I ain't gonna make no liquor? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's see what everybody else has got there. Paul, what do you got? I'm going with a little old Emmer wheat whiskey. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, not too sure on a whole lot about this bottle. It was a gift, um, but it's pretty good. Now, is that uh, supposed to be the Emmer wheat? Isn't that what Jerry? Isn't that what uh, Maker's Mark used? The Emmer wheat on that? Uh... No, no. Or was it? We asked them. We asked them jokingly if that was the Emmer wheat, and they said no. That's well, what uh, Buffalo Trace was using. Yeah, Buffalo the, the Trace was using it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a. It says it's a pays homage to the um, the old Emmer style of wheat. Okay. Um, and it's uh distilled in Kentucky, bottled by Kentucky Whiskey Bottling in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. So, is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I was kind of I was surprised because I'd never seen that label. Well, that was a dumb question, Richard. They got that much stuff in the box. <laughs> yeah, I got it in, for Christmas, so <laughs> it's been long. I've gone through it. That might be four roses. That might be four roses. That uh... it might be four. Fuck, I can't. I can't think. That that yeah, might be four. I roses. wouldn't. I wouldn't think this four roses doesn't use wheat. If they're doing it for somebody else, because oh, it's yeah. it's a shell company. It's what was that? Kentucky? What? 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 Kentucky bottling, no, sorry, Kentucky whiskey bottling in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. Wow. I'm going to look that up. It is distilled in Kentucky also, so. Old Emmer. Hmm. Okay. Well, Jerry, what do you got? I got a uh, single barrel pick of the Starlight Distillery Old Rick House. It's a doubled oak rye whiskey finished in uh, secondary uh, American oak. Barrel coming in at one fourteen point three proof, four and a half years old. I believe the mash bill is like eighty five rye, fifteen uh, barley. If I remember correctly, it's been a while since I've actually looked at their mash, but it's a a blend of their ninety and and I think eighty twenty, if I remember correctly. So single barrel pick from uh, my buddy Brandon over at um, Major League Bourbon. Is it good? If you like rye, it's fantastic. I love rye. I, I wish I could get to Pennsylvania and get to some of that rosin. I've had the chance to be around it with Amanda. That stuff's different. But that young lady is doing some amazing things. Uh, yeah. She she every time she opens her mouth, she amazes me with the things that she's saying, things that she's doing. Um, you know, uh, I think it's really cool what. Um, <clears throat> specifically you and amanda um are able to do some some you know mm -hmm. non-traditional spins that you put on the distillation process and it's uh, but she she's she she's really got a brain for it like just yeah really does the first time i met amanda we were at a master distiller i had already got on to moonshiners and the very first time i saw her I didn't see when I saw Amanda for the first time, she was in the bed sleeping. Her boyfriend was waiting outside because we had this ring, this fire pit. We still talk about the fire pit on Master Distiller. At, when you get back to the hotel, everybody's sitting at the fire pit, the crew, everybody. So it's a real nice experience. It's awesome. The guy's sitting outside like, hey, I want to talk to you. And I didn't know who he was. He wasn't interacting with anybody. I was like, okay, what's going on? He said, uh, my girlfriend's upstairs. I got to show you this. Can you please come and see something? So I walk up there. Dude, Amanda's knocked out. But her room, 
the entire room looks like a science lab. Yeah. <laughs> That's... I mean, she had notes on poster boards on the wall. She had sticky notes everywhere. She had all kind of equipment for testing. She had CO2. She had all kind of stuff. I walked in and the first thing I thought was but that like somebody like is this something nefarious? Are they about to blow something up? I mean, like, <laughs> no man, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's on Master Distiller, and I'm like, and then Amanda wakes up and she's like, oh my god, oh my god, blah blah blah. But she had a lab in a hotel room. She turned something. I mean, it looked milky. I can't even find anything. To, it looked milky. It looked like this. She looked. She turned something this color into a clear, most beautiful liquid in front of Mark and Digger's face. And they had been trying to figure out in their head for years how to do that. She did that shit off the top of her head. That's one of the smartest people. Man, I mean, one of the smartest people I've ever met in life. So she's in the newest episode. Paul, did you get to watch it? Yes. Okay. So in the newest episode, you know, they, they, they Mark and Digger had her come down to help them turn some old beer that, that Kelly had. Mm -hmm. um which is something that i've actually done um mm -hmm. and i know that it is possible mine didn't turn out as well as hers was going to i will guarantee you that mm -hmm. but um i was like you know if there's anybody you know it, it's it's got to be it's got to be amanda <laughs> it it actually tasted good mm -hmm. uh i didn't taste it but amanda told me mm -hmm. they re-ran it mm -hmm. but they ran it through a mash they ran a mash with it and it, it worked out because you got to deal with all the pops and whatnot. That that shit ain't going nowhere. Right. So they didn't really think about that. And they never cooked it. I mean, if you just heat that shit up, you're going to take some alcohol away from it. But don't bring it to real high temperatures, you know. Uh, I think the best thing to do with beer, because I've done a lot of beer. I had a buddy that used to work for Striva Distrilling in New Iberia, Louisiana. He used to be able to get us that eight ball. Mm-hmm. It was outdated. One of the bottles had cracked in the in the case. All kind of stuff. They would always have bad beer, and I I cooked it, and I didn't realize, dummy, you're cooking all the alcohol out, trying to get to this stuff. So I started using that, kind of like in a mash. You know what I mean? And mashing it again and doing it again. And man, now I could get something that replicates a. Mm, it, I don't say beer, but everything that's in it. You, it's like what he's drinking right now, or what you're drinking right now. You got to deal with the shit that's in it. Right. For sure. So. And if you distill, you can do that, man. Look at that. Look at that jar you just held up. Shit. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, that's. Uh, I, I I think you guys were definitely the inspiration for. Two of us sitting here um, on this call right now. Uh, and. Uh, I mean, it's. It's just fun. You know what I mean? It's just fun. Yeah, so it is. And I wish everybody, man, would really, I mean, just look at the with it, how easy it is to get uh to get your paperwork done. Like Tickle really did go to Congress. Tickle really did do that. Tickle's crazy as hell. Tickle really did go to talk to these people to ask them, <laughs> why can't we do this at home? Why I gotta hide and why I gotta pay taxes on the shit that it takes me to make it. I pay taxes on everything, but y'all won't let me do that. I can he said. He said he walked up to a man and told him, if I could buy copper and I could buy grain and I could do all that, why you just don't take me to jail? Take everybody that's buying copper and grain to jail. You know what I mean? Tickle really did go ask these questions. So what he's trying to do is 
Because in the federal paperwork, it says you cannot be a home distiller. Mm -hmm. They tell you straight up because they know they can't control the alcohol that you make. But what if they did let us make shit at home? Well, I mean, to an extent, you can. Uh, you just can't drink it, right? You you can make fuel alcohol up to well, 10,000 gallons. Well, I mean, I got a few myself, so. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't, so what you got to do, you know, is, uh, I mean, you, you, you make some fuel alcohol and just have it around. Because yeah. uh, what it is, I looked at the paperwork. I'm probably going to end up having to get one of those licenses for mm -hmm. reasons that I'll talk about when we're not recording. But, um, mm -hmm. um Anyway, you got to have the, the license there with the still, and all of that has to be not attached to your house. Mm -hmm. um, and all you have to do is provide a hand-drawn drawing that shows where the hell it's all going to be, mm -hmm. and then have some fuel alcohol on hand for when, you know, the TTB man shows up, you know, or, yeah. or the ATF, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they could pretty much, they can... They can't do their research with everybody, but a lot of people have made it easy for them to do research, like I know somebody that got busted. I don't know them, but I've, I've heard people talk about him because he was buying sugar. Like he was buying sugar. His wife was buying sugar. His son was buying sugar. And they went back and found where they were getting their sugar from. And they couldn't give them any concise information about it, but they calculated how much liquor this man was making by the amount of sugar that he bought. And they do that with distilleries all day long. So there's ways they're going to get you when it's time to get you. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just best to to do it the right way. Sure, sure. Yeah. I'm I'm too small to go to jail, man. <laughs> <laughs> not, they ain't got no, they ain't got no bourbon, and they ain't got no uh, cigars in jail, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They got them. I have to turn into Sharita to get them, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm also too. I'm I'm only five foot seven, man. I, you mm -hmm. know, 195 pounds. There's not. Not a whole lot to me. Uh, not trying to go to jail either. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, in honor of the occasion, um, I'm going to. But um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you um, how did you get started? Um, now, what did you do before this? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. Man. I actually got started making moonshine, watching moonshines. <laughs> that's that's uh that's how it all started. I remember the day I saw the trailer, little advertisement, moonshines, new TV show. I, I went home. I got something to cook. I made sure I had something to cook because I, it had been playing for a little while. So I cooked. Me and my little boy was there. We sat down and we watched moonshines, and I've just been watching it ever since. So I learned how to do it. I say I graduated from YouTube University because <laughs> I just jumped on YouTube. I used to look at recipes and all kind of stuff on YouTube, how to build a moonshine still, how to do all that. Uh, so I, I, it's YouTube, but moonshine is with inspiration. And I bought it back in their face. I told Digger one day, uh, Digger's like a dad to me. Digger's like real cool. You know, Digger's real, really good guy. He seems uh, like it. He is. He is. I'm not saying that Mark isn't, but Digger, I call Digger right now and tell him, unlock the door. He's probably going to tell me, bring your ass to the camp. I'm going to unlock that door. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
Digger's like a a really cool figure. So Digger's like the really the reason why I'm I'm here. I mean, he uh he saw something and I told him one day I said, uh, when you drink my liquor, what do you taste? He said, my liquor. I said, cause you showed me how to do this shit. So all all you all you you've given to the world, you don't realize how many people really put it in the, in the play and really do it. You know what I mean? They don't realize, like you said, we were your inspiration. They don't realize how many people they have inspired to not stop doing it and to keep doing it. You know what I mean? And then get people started because, man, I was at jobs. I was working for a concrete company. I said, I'm going to build this moonshine still because they got a shop with every kind of tool you could think of. I got a stainless steel Murphy can and I'm trying to drill through it. I couldn't drill through that thing to save my life. I burned out so many little $30 Harbor Freight drill bits, man. <laughs> <laughs> so these guys finally helped me to do it and they were real cool with me uh man you, you know to have a boss my boss i could look back he's a big time you know what i mean but for my boss to say hey you didn't burn up all my drill bits let's let's get it going let's do it Art you know awesome. that's cool they all believed in me and they were my best critics. They told me if it was good, if it was bad, because I was do using other people's recipe. I, I didn't know nothing about monetization and Facebook and all that. I didn't know these people were just trying to get content. They were looking at anything they could from anybody they can. Yeah, use this as a recipe. Oh, you can use grape juice and you don't have to cook it. I didn't know. So some of the shit was bad in the beginning. Yeah. But I went through it. I had to go through to make sure that we know that chemicals in alcohol and we got to take them out before we ferment them. Because you will carry over some shit inadvertently that don't change the taste of your flavor. Like you said, you use flake corn. I'm sorry, I'm giving you shit away. Uh, <laughs> you use flake corn. Uh, your methodology might be not everybody else's because you figured out something that really that you're able to manipulate it with in your own fashion. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of people might not even have the wherewithal to even do that. A lot of people want to make alcohol. I always tell my friends, everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Right. I want to mess the distiller seven times. It got to the point where people were saying, we just don't want to, I'm not going on there with them no more. I used, they used to ask me, you want to go home? You want to lose? Cause I, I put spam in alcohol trying to lose, man. <laughs> I done been through all that shit. I really did. Thanksgiving episode last year. I put spam in the liquor. They were like, I remember it. As a, as a garnish. I... <laughs> this is my exit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't pay for me to keep going up there. Now, the only person I think that I compete against when I go on master still is my damn self. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's time to let let the world know some other people exist in this. You might come on there and clean my clock every time, Adam. Doubt it. But I'll you give it a shot. <laughs> I'll give it a shot. You never know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, I set up in front of some guys that had some liquor. I set up in front of a little Vietnamese chick. I ain't never seen this before. I ain't never. I ain't never seen nobody take nothing low proof and turn it into so high proof. Okay, y'all. It was just like, there's some people out there that's capable of doing some things, but a lot of them that, that, that are doing those extraordinary things that I've seen, these people are, are really, really doing some research. They're really, really putting some knowledge into play because alcohol, that's the crazy thing about alcohol. Alcohol has not evolved like, like it should have evolved that all the time has been around. Sure. 
people still doing the same redundant shit over and over and over and over again. Man, I'll ferment this telephone <laughs> if everybody in the world knew what it tastes like. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, you can do do anything you want if you find out what's in it that we don't need to carry over and just the things that affect olfactory senses. If you do that shit, you're going to really have a superior product. Nobody looks at when they make banana, guys. Why banana? Why banana? Because banana is the easiest thing to get every chemical that you don't want out of and still retain a lot of the flavor. Mm. You don't have any acids to deal with or anything like that. And potassium has a boiling level of like 214. It's real low. You ain't even got to get it hot. And that's the main thing that you need to get out. After you get that shit out, just like doing a conversion with corn or something, you're going to have some of the best liquor that you possibly could. But if you just, if you take corn, there's some guys that have been around me that just take corn and put it in hot water and stir it. And Oh, that's the best corn liquor in the world for the people that you live around. But if you come around my people, they're going to be like, man, this sugar wash. Get out of here. Because I've got your palate acclimated to, okay, yeah, this I can taste the corn in here. All I need is some butter, and this boy just pulled off Thanksgiving meal in a bottle. Sure. You know what I mean? But there's a reason that shit comes with, you know, let's cook this stuff. Let's let's get the chemicals out that do not belong there because you could do it before fermentation. Because once you ferment this and you put this shit in a steel, you taking all that flavor with you. You're taking potassium. You're taking potassium metabisulfate. That's a chemical that we use to sterilize stuff. You're taking potassium metabisulfate and put it in a bottle. I don't want that shit. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Every, everything has something in it, man. Everything has something in it. That's what a lot of people just don't want to do. Go see what's in this stuff. Uh, you know, Jerry looks, seems to have a lot of knowledge. When it comes to alcohol, I heard the way he he just spit that off. He wasn't somebody that don't know ain't doing it like that. You know, Paul, y'all y'all talking about it like y'all know about it. And most people don't even have the wherewithal to research just what they drinking, man, let alone what they making. I get I get shit shoved in my face every day. And I almost I might get a zipper put right there. So I can say, man, I lost the key. I can't drink it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. That would be much better than saying, man, I don't want to drink that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I feel bad, but I, I you just don't know. These days it's bad. You know what I mean? If I'm in the right circle, the right environment, and I'm comfortable, comfortable enough for someone to say, hey, man, I want you to try this. And I look at you and you say, yeah, it's good. It won't kill you. You good? I might try that, but every day somebody wants you to try something. And I've tried a couple of people's shit. I've tried some real good shit, but I tasted some shit the other day. I probably could have stopped by the whorehouse. I'm sorry. I probably could have stopped in a urinal at a gas station somewhere and got better liquor out of there. Yeah. So people just don't, it, they think that what, what you're doing is just uh, putting something in a pot and fermenting it. No. No, no, no. Um, no. Once you start doing it, you know, I started, so I started with making my own wine. Uh with um grape juice concentrate from the store or whatever the hell um and then i did that for some years i never did make beer or anything i know paul and jerry have both made beer in the past um That's and i love beer thing. don't get me wrong i love mm -hmm. it but those things now for me uh they cause gout flares and i you know yeah. I, I it sucks um but i wanted to learn how to make liquor and so um, the first thing I did was I went to 
because I work at the University of Kentucky and they have a uh, they partnered with the Jim Beam Institute and they have a program there for uh, brewing, winemaking and distillation. And I took all the track for the distillation aspect of it. I didn't I left the, the wine and the beer making out of it. Um, and then which you still make anyway. Sure, sure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, but um, I, th I think it was Digger that said that uh, the difference between brewers and distillers is that brewers quit something like that um yeah they set, set the process off yeah um yeah. so um once it was a thing that i was actively doing it became a passion project mm -hmm. um and you learn real quick if that's a step that you want to take that putting bullshit in there it's first of all, there's there's less of a chance that it's actually going to ferment and actually, you know, work off if you're just throwing bullshit in there because you don't know what, the, you know, throw your pH off and all this. Your yeast might say, fuck this, I'm not doing this, whatever. Um, or they might die. You know, there's there's some, the, the yeast is the most fickle aspect of the whole situation. You got to know that what you're putting that yeast into as a living organism is actually going to be something conducive to their entire process. And if it's not, then you might as well. And, and if you can't master that part of it to at least to the point where you can get it to work off, then you might as well not even continue with the situation, but it becomes, mm -hmm. it becomes, it really becomes an act of love in a way, because it's something that you you're babying from the beginning all the way into the finished product. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't, I've never sold it or anything like that, but I've shared it. And uh, it's, it, you know, I, I want people that, that try something that I have made to not look at me and go, this is, this is garbage. And I'll never yeah. want to drink because if I do that, if I'm say I'm the first, the first person to ever share that with them, I'm the first person they ever come into contact with where they could have access to something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might ruin their experience entirely and they don't ever want anything to do with it again. Exactly. Exactly. That's why the, the, the persona, the, the, thought about moonshine these days is oh that's that's no good that's no good no that stuff ain't no good for you because there were so many man they say i love popcorn sudden i love the, the thought of popcorn sudden i know miss pam i've been to his real house i've seen the vehicle that he committed suicide in i've sat in the chair i've i i love him I love how bold he was. I love how he was like, man, I'm going to make this stuff. I've heard a thousand stories about him. I know his son. I can call his son all the time. But they said he made some of the worst liquor in the world. <laughs> Digger told me that. Mark told me that. That's crazy. No <laughs> No, no one watching all these documentaries and everything that you, you could ask somebody and they'd say, oh, he was probably the made the best stuff in the world. He's, you know, he's like an icon, a legend. That's funny to hear. Paul, if you would if you would wait till the cameras would turn off, they'd be like, man, that shit's going to give you diarrhea. I'm telling you, don't drink <laughs> he was basically making a sugar wash like popcorn didn't really do all the conversion and all that. But you got to think of where they were running around in that time. Is a real, that's Maggie Valley. He was running around in where I am right now. Right, he right. was running around. That's a real small town. And it wasn't that you had to have good liquor. You just had to have a lot of it at that time. You know what I mean? And he was the person that wasn't scared to have a lot of it. 
you know, and popcorn really wasn't just making liquor. He was he was really feeding his family. He was really feeding other people's families also because there were people that would come to popcorn and say, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And popcorn would give them a, a couple of cases of alcohol to feed their family. I mean, and never ask for the money back or never take the money back because he had so much of that stuff. So popcorn was a really good guy, man. But I heard that popcorn's liquor wasn't that good. I heard, I really have it through firsthand knowledge through Mark and Digger that popcorn's liquor was not really good. <laughs> a lot of people say it like, man, popcorn's liquor was, was trash. But I, I thank God that popcorn was popcorn and he did what he had to do because boy, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do this stuff like this. They would have had a hold on it out of this world by the time that those guys came into play. And there's a ton of popcorns. I met, I met a family in Atlanta. Well, outside of Atlanta, their grandfather was from North Carolina. He had to run to Kentucky at some point in life. And uh, this woman told me that uh, they used to get liquor from popcorn. They used to get, I verified, they used to get liquor from popcorn. They were running from all over the place to get popcorns liquor. And they used to tell him, the guy that was getting it from him, like, put your foot in it and take the socks off next time or something. <laughs> You got to do something right. Clean it up. But it was a, they had a network running. And this guy was a real big timer up in the Georgia area. You know what I mean? Down there. And he wasn't making no alcohol. He was just getting it from popcorn. So popcorn. And these people were living really good, according to what. Because the grandfather would take it back and sell it at real high prices. He would get it from popcorn real cheap. So popcorn was taking care of people's family that he didn't even really pay attention to. You know what I mean? He did a lot for people other than open his mouth, but thank God he opened his mouth at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, there are the documentaries and the books and all that stuff that he did with JB and, um, you know, I'll, I'll get into, I'll get into my feelings on JB and popcorn and digger and all them here in a minute. Um, but, uh, um, without those, you know, this, the show probably wouldn't exist. And, and some of the inspiration, you know, uh, you're, you know, you've already said yourself that the show is an inspiration for you and Mark and Digger mm -hmm. uh, and clearly popcorn, you know, um, but there's some other guys like yourself and Amanda. And I mean, so let's talk about that real quick. It's a question I wanted to ask you for a few minutes here and it just popped in my head, but Daniel Maynard, is he, <clears throat> cause I'm willing to bet the answer is yes, but as he is, as nice and as genuine as a person as he actually seems on the TV show. Daniel Maynard is the consummate gentleman. He seems like he is. Daniel is one of the sweetest people that you'll ever walk up to. Daniel is, if you got a problem, you, you know, I had a situation happen to me. I'm going to just give you an example. A cleaning person stole my hotel, my, uh, there you go. <laughs> stole my uh, wallet in the hotel, right? And really? Damn. Yes, yes, yes. Didn't come back to work the next day, so they knew something was wrong. But uh, I told him, I said, Daniel, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I ain't got no money in my pocket. Daniel reached in his pocket, and he didn't even count. He said, whatever that is, you give it back to me, Bubba. And Daniel's not a broke person. Daniel has a really, really, really good job. But, I mean, it, it just goes to show you that's one instance for me, but I have never, ever, 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 ever seen Daniel not extend a helping hand to any situation he was around in belonging to. Daniel is a consummate gentleman. That's good to hear. He he 
he seems like um a good guy um yeah you know uh uh we we might touch on on some other things here in a minute but it seems like for the most part pretty much everyone on the show um are are good folks and you know mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. Mark and Digger, they they seem like great folks. I mean, clearly we wouldn't have reached out to you if we thought you were an asshole. So I, I you yeah. know, I, you know, uh, we, you yeah. know, we we've we've been excited about this for for a while, and we yeah. really look up to you. Um, Thank you, appreciate it. But um, um, Daniel seems like seems like a good Mar- uh, uh, um, shit, uh, Mar- uh, Mark. The other Mark, I can't remember his last Mark name. Mark Rogers. Mark Rogers. There we go. I was trying yeah, to say Stevens, but that ain't right. He, he's a he's an interest. Uh, Mark's an inspiration. Mark has a story in the, that, I mean, that most people would never even have to never be able to understand. Like Mark really lit, was a mountain man as a as a child growing up. He had to walk 10, 20 miles in the woods to eat, to go get something to eat. I mean, Mark really did come up doing having to do some weird things in life, you know, in he really does know all that stuff that he professes to know. He's really, really, really nice. Um, he's a man of few words, but he's really, really, really nice. Tim Smith, I mean, I can't even say how good that dude is. Tim will sit down and talk to you. He's real, real stern, real, real firm. He's sure of himself. So, I mean, sometimes... It's military in him. Yeah, sometimes it seems weird being around him because he's just he'll just say something like, "Hey, don't take no picture of me." No, like he knows, like, "Hey, look, I'm not looking right right now, so I don't want it out there like that." Uh, loves aviation, so that's something that he and I share a passion for. Uh, his wife also. I mean, all of them have or have significant others. That's just it's it's awesome to be around. I grew up not even thinking that life would ever bring me in this direction, but to be around the people that I admired so much, long time ago and be able to know I can deal with them, Tickle and Miss Tickle. I mean, that's the funniest shit you ever want to see. You want to laugh for about three years after you walk away from a couple, just hang around Tickle and Miss Tickle because she's going to put him straight. And he and Tickle's like a, Tickle's like a mare trying to, try, or a stud trying to get to a mare in a barn or something. He's going to kick walls and he's going to do what he want to do. And it just take the right owner to, to bang on the wall and say, hey! And that horse will shut down for a little while. Well, she keeps tickling checks so well. It's all of them. I cannot say one person. Josh. Man, Josh is a... You look at Josh and you think he's just a rebel and a wild heart. Josh loves family and his children and being active in his children's life more than anything in the world. Like, I think the reason why Josh is still living because he's probably prayed a long time ago, Lord, please let me stay around my child. Let me <laughs> let me raise my child and influence my child the right way. That man he has more lives than a cat. Man. Oh, he's got more <laughs> lives than cats. He's two cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been calling him vagina for a long time. I said, you are, you know, you gotta be, you are, you are two cats. You are two felines or something. <laughs> Because we could drop you from a thousand feet and you're going to land on your feet on a mattress or something soft, <laughs> cushion your fall. My, Probably break a fingernail or something. My wife reached out to him on, uh, what is it? Uh, fuck. What is that app where you can reach out to, you know, celebrities and folks like that and they'll they'll do a uh, uh, cameo. cameo? Yeah. And she, she got me a cameo from Josh for my 39th birthday. 
Um, and, um, you know, he just, I just thought that was cool that he took the time to do that. Um, I granted he got paid to do it, but still he took the time to do it. Um, you know, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, I just think it's cool to see because the, you know, it goes back in my family's history for a few generations and, um, um, I, you know, I always look forward to the show, look forward to seeing what you guys have up your sleeves. I know that there's, there's been some tension between you and Mike, and maybe we can talk about that in a minute, but Jerry, Jerry seems like a genuinely good person. Yes. Yes. Jerry is awesome. Jerry he, is real, real smart. He's a wealth of knowledge, man. He is brilliant. He, you, man. Thank, is brilliant. thank you guys. Thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You he, are too, yeah. Yeah, the other Jerry is also rather. He he yeah. seems like a, you know he he's a brilliant individual. Um, he he can come up with some shit, just and I've known a guy like that in my lifetime. He was a farmer, um, and um, like they needed a boom sprayer for the back of back of one of their tractors one time, and he just got some some square tubing and built the you know drilled holes in it and put the you know built this. Mm-hmm damn thing himself instead of paying thousands yeah. of dollars for one he built it yeah. for a few hundred bucks yeah um yeah. you know it said said ingenuity you know what i mean yeah. but he yeah he's 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 brilliant um i don't know um I, I i just think it's it's really cool and there's a still that they show in the preview and there's you and jerry and mike all standing around it he's got coils and 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 jars and all this shit and i'm like what in the fuck is that that looks amazing um, I can't wait to see that on the show. Yeah. Please don't spoil anything. You know, I'm not asking for spoilers or anything, but yeah. it looks awesome. Yeah, it works. It okay. Really, really good liquor. I mean, the dude is, I mean, I can't give any, uh, so we haven't moved that far in the season, so I won't say anything. Sure. Uh, but just this season is the realest season of Moonshiners I've ever participated in in my life. Okay. Like everything really happened everything really went down everything we really did do what we said we were doing like every this is the realest i've ever seen it this is reality tv this and is I did, you know we're, we were given a bit of a shock at the start of the newest episode with digger's health situation and he did come out on instagram or, or on facebook paul um that's why i was asking the other day if you had seen it and I, maybe you didn't see the text, but he he um, he got onto Facebook and was like, "Hey, this is Digger on the on the Market Digger account. This is Digger. Um, we don't see the show until everybody else does." And um, what he has, it's a form of um, leukemia, but he said in his message that it's not terminal. Mm-hmm. So they made it. They made you know for for dramatic effect or or, or what have you. But it still sucks. It still sucks yeah. really bad. Yeah, because he's lost. I mean, Mike Cockrell lost weight because he just wanted to lose weight. Okay, I can tell he'd lost some weight. Oh, he lost a lot of weight. You ought to read the comments. They be saying, boy, he must be smoking that stuff. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, and the losing the facial hair, too, and the mullet, like, there's, it. he looked like a different person entirely. Yeah, I mean, Mike, he looks like a a grown-up now. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like we could take him to the store or something. But Digger, I could tell that he'd lost some weight uh, as soon as they showed him in the mm-hmm. in the lead-in. Mm-hmm. On the sh- and I was like, what's going on there? And then they talked about it, and I was just like, 
and I could read it on Mark's face. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that they cut out the part where he told Mark that it wasn't terminal, but I'm also guessing that that was when Mark learned that he's having these health issues. Well, I, I'm he'd been sick because they cut down their filming schedule, so he knew already. But that was the way to introduce it to the the show because okay. they really aren't capable all the time of filming, uh, like like that. Anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, they've been doing this shit for 13 years. I've been doing it for three and almost four. And this, it gets to you. Sure. I mean, it's hard. Do this again. Stop. Do it again. We got to change cameras. Do it again. Wait. Do this in slow motion. Wait. Get out. Wait. Say this again. Pick that up. And the whole time that you're doing this, you're picking up 50 gallons, uh, 50 pound sacks. Yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing this for a long time. So I understand how they uh, kind of needed to slow them down. So I think that that was more, even more of a representation of, hey, we're not going to be doing this too much longer. But yeah, they're in their, their upper 60s, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know what? Uh, both of their dads are still living. No, I think, yeah, yeah. Mark's dad, no, Mark's dad just passed. Damn. Yeah, Mark's dad just passed. Uh, so it's yeah, man. It, those guys are getting up there, and this. I mean, even for Tim. I mean, Tim's. I mean, I'm 52 years old. Tim is. I don't know what. Uh, but I can see the hesitation in them sometimes when they ask them to do some crazy stuff. Like, man, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. This. This. This is hard. Yeah. I, I'm sure it is, uh, you know, just, just doing it without being made to redo and redo and redo. It's hard. Just doing regular. If you're doing a regular run of moonshine at your house, I mean, if you're doing a hundred gallon, 200 gallon run, you about to go to work. That's a job. So, I mean, so, I, I can just imagine what the toll is taking on them. I'm wondering if Jerry's outside. Yes. Where you live, Jerry? Yeah. Uh, Florida. Oh. <laughs> like, damn, it ain't cold. <laughs> I'm not, I'm in Maryland and I'm sitting outside so I can smoke a cigar, but it, it's pretty cold here. I got a little space heater sitting right next to me and everything. Yeah, you you warm. I couldn't tell you. Well, I see the brick wall, but I couldn't tell. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, I got a heated jacket on, space heater. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh well, yeah, you good to go. Yeah, and you drinking a little bit, so you a little straight. bit. Yep. yep. Yeah. Now, here's a question I'm sure you guys get asked all the time, but since you are actually, you know, doing this and you're in these small towns, how much pushback do you get from law enforcement? Do they, like, see you at the gas station and try to follow you to where you guys are going to be filming that day to see if you actually are distilling or if it's just all for the, you know, like, how, how much pushback do you guys get? You know, I think, uh, like, Maggie Valley, where I am, uh, if I was in New Iberia, Louisiana, where I come from, police see me and they don't really say nothing uh maggie valley i think that we've done so much for tourism for maggie valley that uh maggie valley kind of just i won't say turn the blind eye but they don't, if we don't give them problems they don't come looking for trouble yeah that's kind of what i figured and i figured probably a lot of those law enforcement officers probably have some of your products in the basement anyway so <laughs> i mean i wouldn't i ain't gonna sell it to them that's for them <laughs> right sure but sure they get it though 
But I wouldn't doubt, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that some of these guys do get their hands on some of this stuff. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you the truth, man. I just finished telling somebody a little while ago. This is the true story. I, at one point, I couldn't I couldn't make nobody in Louisiana buy my, my liquor, man. Nobody want to drink it. Oh, we don't drink that moonshine. They, 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 wasn't, they didn't know nothing about it. It was the older people that knew about it. But now... You know, every a lot of people are getting into making alcohol. You can't go, you can't turn a corner in Oklahoma without somebody saying, "Hey, man, I got some corn liquor, man." Everywhere, I mean, it's 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 jumped up. Something happened to it. People are really starting to be able to be proud of doing it because everybody hid, and that's another thing that 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 lady in Atlanta they hid. They made the children don't tell no secrets to nobody don't open no doors don't say nothing to nobody now everybody and their grandmother want to get on tv talking about on not on tv on tiktok talking about yeah i make that shine <laughs> yeah it's it's coming around now where people are starting to say hey we should be able to do this and we really should be able to do this you absolutely I mean? there should be no reason we were at maggie valley at a festival uh we were at hillbilly jam ale Came in there, started checking people. No, you can't sell this. No, you can't sell that. This is the first time they ever did that. They never done that for Hillbilly Jam. Well, come to find out there's this new younger guy who's such as, I don't know the story. The story was this young guy came in and he shut everybody down for making, you know, or selling products that you could make alcohol with for no particular reason whatsoever. There's a story associated with it, but I don't want to put him out there like that. And I damn sure don't want to be under his radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he came in and shut everybody down. It's his job to do so, but he didn't have to. I mean, because we at Hillbilly Jam, we're about 5,000, 6,000 people out here that day. And ain't nobody hiding no moonshine stills, no nothing. Ain't nobody hiding. And that's the way it should be. We should be able to be out there and be together. And I mean, you got a forum... They let terrorists have damn uh, whole sites on on how to get together and kill people, and we can't get together and have something to make you know make our life more. It makes me feel real good when I'm drinking my own stuff. Because if I had to buy this rum right here, it would probably cost me two three hundred dollars. That's what I think of my stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the show has helped um, bring you know some exposure and some light and dispel some myths and you know things about. You know, because yeah, a lot of people, if they're not, if it's not a part of their culture, a lot of people's preconceived, you know, misconception is that this stuff yes. hurt you. You know, why don't you just going to make you go blind buy from the store? You're not going to get anything good out of the woods and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's just absolutely not true. I mean, I can go to the store and buy awful shit off the shelf. I mean, it's just it's all about where you get it, what company, what person you get it from. And I think, like I said, I think the show and exposure and the social media presence from the show and things of that nature has really brought it brought it to light so people are seeing it in a different way if they didn't have you know pre-exposure to it or cultural ties mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're making them want to taste the liquor now i mean i at one point there were people that would say no nah, i ain't drinking that but not as i mean i like to make things actually what they are so if i do a bloody mary it's gonna be clear no post flavoring so people are they're opening up to stuff like that you know they open up to the I want to be one of the first distilleries that say, hey, uh, the things that are in here are actually medicine. Uh, and we really can do that. We we really can exploit beneficial qualities in anything. I can target something in blueberries and carry it over in fermentation and distillation. 
I can target beneficial qualities, a whole bunch of things and put them together and say, hey, this is basically a vitamin, the same vitamins that you take are right here in this alcohol. So the, al the alcohol that you're drinking, if you're going to drink something, drink something that's good for you. Because the alcohol that we make is comprised of components that are probable prob to life. I mean, that's something that you've been, <clears throat> you've been, uh, since you first showed up on the Moonshiner show. You know, Craig out in the woods, that's something that you were talking. I just, I, I just, in preparation for the new season, I went back and watched every episode from beginning all the way until the end of last season. And mm -hmm. I remember you talking about that the first time that you show up in the show was, you know, medicinal qualities and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's before you did the clear uh, Bloody Mary and before you did the absinthe and, and all that stuff. That was one of the first, th and, and I agree with you. And and put a little finer point on it for for anybody that's listening. Um, for instance, if you get a quality moonshine, you're gonna get it's 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 a milder drunk in a way. If if you do get you know if you do get a buzz, it's not the same buzz that you get off of the store bought shit. And you're gonna feel better in the morning, and that's because there is a legal, allowable amount of methanol that is in those bottles. And if you get it from somebody that knows what they're doing, there's not a drop of methanol to be had in the whole damn jar, and you're gonna feel better. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's mm -hmm. and 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 people are shocked by that when I when I tell them that um, because they're like, oh, there's methanol in this. Yeah, there's a legal, allowable amount, and that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. The government, they want their money. And they don't care about the quality and how much poison's in that bullshit. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, clearly, I love bourbon. I, you you can see my shelf behind me, and you mm -hmm. can't see the one next to me, but or the cabinets upstairs. There's Jerry's seen what I have in my house. Jerry's mm -hmm. got quite a few, and Paul does too. We we're, you know, we collect this shit. We we live this shit. We you mm -hmm. know podcasts that we listen to, podcasts that we do together. Um, you know, uh, like I said, I went through that program at UK to learn about distillation. I worked <clears throat> very briefly, very, very, very briefly at a distillery uh, here in Kentucky mm -hmm. and learned how they do shit. And I can tell just from the way that it, the whole process goes, where are you making your cuts? You're not fucking making cuts. You're no, just, no. it's just all going on down, down yeah, the line well, into a bottle. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they, but, but that's the thing when somebody has a, even if you're doing two, 300 gallons at a time, mm -hmm. you're still making your cuts out oh, there in yeah. the woods. You're still tossing off all that bullshit oh, yeah. that nobody mm -hmm. wants. And then you're, you're stopping it before it gets into the tails when the alcohol's too low and it starts to taste like crap, you mm -hmm. know, and it's all oily. And mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is a lot of people don't realize that. So, so with the medicinal qualities and then just the aspect of being able to drink it without feeling like, complete shit the next day yeah you know moonshine is really the way to go yeah. i pride myself on people telling me man you I, I i never wake up with a hangover when i drink your liquor exactly i love, I love that I've, I've had different reactions to different liquors i've had a woman call me and ask me about some liquor her husband had been asking me for for like two months i said dude it's so hard to make that stuff you're just gonna have to wait they kept asking me for it. They kept asking me for it. And finally, this my phone rings one day. And this guy's wife said, when are you going to make some more of that? I said, who's this? Oh, this is Kel's wife. I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. 
I said, he's been bothering me about that. She said, look, I'm going to just tell you the truth. That's liquid Viagra. It's like he's Superman when you drink it. <laughs> Can you please make some more of that? <laughs> now you're going to have them both beating your door down for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's the things that we can do in moonshine production, in alcohol. We can put enough love into it. Like, I like cooking. I love to cook. I'm a sh I call myself a little mini chef. There's things that you're not going to serve anybody no raw food. Unless I go to a sushi restaurant, that's just right. not you, how are you going to serve somebody some raw food in your drink? I mean, you are basically, you didn't cook nothing now. You didn't take nothing now. I'm cooking everything. We're doing it the same way. We're taking, the number one thing that we got to realize is we should be like doctors. Our number one tenet should be to do no harm because the simple thought that this is something good is harmful right there. So if we're going to do it, if we're going to give somebody something to alter their mind, we give people shit that alters their mind state, man. If we're going to do that, why not make sure that it's the best possible thing that you can give to somebody? Take out the things that you don't need. Let's leave the things that you really need. Let's add some things to it that are really good for you. I met a guy, Mr. Mr. over there in San Francisco. Mr. Mr. said... I, he makes a really good tequila. He's been doing it for years, but he never made tequila without putting some good stuff in his mash. Now, I had to cut you off, but Mister Mister, he was on he was on Master Distiller, wasn't he? The one with the fire. The, the yeah 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 the uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, was he dressed like a pimp a little bit? Yeah yeah, that's him. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Yeah, that's Mr. But Mr., you know, he always talks about that. Like, hey, you want to always put something good into it. And that was just one of the first people that I've met that always said, you know, what you put in, you come out with, but amplified. Mm -hmm. We've run that Mungli AT. I won national awards with Mungli AT. It's crazy how we, and, and the same thing that it does when we boil it and make a tea with it, happens when you that's the stuff that this woman is asking me for it happens when you drink this this drink this alcohol so you we take it for common colds and whatnot in louisiana and that's that's how it's got the mungly at name we make a little hot toddy with it well you drink that much and you you're gonna have a good night and you're going to work tomorrow i mean that's yeah uh if there's two things that I've seen you make on the show <clears throat> that I want to get my hands on, it's that Bananas Fosters and that, that Mungly AT. And uh, I know you put that jar up on um, on Instagram the other day. You found a jar and you're like, this is the, the last, last jar I got. That was the last one in the world. <laughs> that was the last one. Um, and I, 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 I hadn't made any because it's so intensive. I mean, it's labor intensive, dude. You got to make a run, master, uh, let the nuts soak in it, then run that shit again with the bananas. So you're running like twice for that. Sure. And when I tell these guys around my hometown, hey, man, this jar costs you 50 bucks. They don't want to hear that. I don't think Maggie Valley and tell them that jar costs 100 bucks. They'd be like, that's all you got, Rich? You need, I need some more. <laughs> I think the people are used to uh, the idea that that moonshine is inherently cheaper than what you buy 
on the shelf. And uh, that's because they're used to folks that make bullshit. But I think that people are, are used to the idea that it's just cheaper just by nature, just by just just by virtue of existence. Um, yeah, yeah. Because popcorn was running around there selling fast and hard, and you got guys out there now. I I got a guy called me the other day and said, "Man, they got some eighty dollar gallon uh, moonshine running around here. You need to get up here with some moonshine before uh, he takes over." I was like. I want him to flood the market with that stuff. It's going to make it easier for me to sell mine for way more than that. Please, sure. by all means, take the take the reins, buddy. Matter of fact, I'm going to slow down and let the, just let it happen. So sometimes you get that. And then then you, you got people that, that won't even try to, to talk about price or anything like that. People that won't go to an ABC store that are going to walk up to you and tell you, hey, this is what I want. Oh, that's how much it costs you can have it. You know what I mean? So I look for that type of person. You know what I mean? Somebody that already knows what they want to drink. Somebody that, you know, like both of y'all got gifts right now. Y'all sitting down there drinking Paul and Jerry, you know? If somebody hadn't given them that, what was the chances they wouldn't have went and bought it? Right. Maybe not Jerry, but Jerry, because I think that was a targeted bottle there. But <laughs> what's the chances? I mean, what's going to make you want to go in there? How are you going to find the right one if you're just going to an ABC store and try to eeny, meeny, miny, moe, okay? But when you're buying moonshine, you know this dude's doing this. You know, you know it's just what you were saying. You know, and that's the reason why so many people are, are you know, they're sticking to what they know, and that's it. But those newcomers that just want to try, those looky-loos, I call them, nah. I got an Amazon truck or something outside the house and I can hear it beep, beep, beep. You know, when they put the back up, yep. uh, put it in reverse. <laughs> That's what they hear when they come to me with that stuff. Beep, <laughs> I'm getting out of here, man. <laughs> I ain't got time to convince you. You want me to convince you that I make a better product than you can buy in the store? That's That's what you're asking me to do? No, man. I'm about to go. Right. I understand your position on that, but, you know, at the same time, you know, for instance, Paul's, Paul's favorite brand is Jim Beam. You know, you're trying to compete with, with Jim Beam. These cats been in the, in the, in the game for a couple hundred years. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, everybody knows Jim Beam, just like they know Jack Daniels. So at some point you do got to, but at the same time, what you're producing, Jim Beam ain't no, ain't, ain't, ain't making any mungly AT moonshine they're, they're not making any bananas fosters moonshine they're mm -hmm. not making you know uh backwoods absinthe and paul and i have gone back and forth about whether or not absinthe is any good and uh paul changed my mind with a specific absinthe um and so when it comes to that one specific absinthe i will admit that i was wrong but every absinthe that i've had other than that was is gone. disgusting yeah, yeah. A lot of it is, but I mean, if you get a good quality one, I mean, that's mm -hmm. some of the most complex spirit that you can taste. Man, I and look, I I didn't like it at first. I didn't like licorice or anything like that at first. But man, once I seen what you can really do with these bottles, with with what you can really do with the presentation and everything, and I saw that I could make it do what it's supposed to do. Like I wasn't just making absent. I was really. This was really doing the loose. It really looked like fairies dancing in the jar. Like really, the water was just regular water. I know it looked like pearls in there. I'm looking at my little brother like, do you see this? 
Get your camera. <laughs> Are you sure you seeing this? <laughs> I mean, we realized we could really make it, and that's a complicated drink. That's a it. That's a serious drink. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't like licorice, um, but. Paul sent me some from uh, the Neely Family Distillery, which is it's in Western Kentucky, where I'm, I'm originally from. Um, mm. And so I got a little bit of pride behind that. You know, they're 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 starting to, at, they used to just be, you know, strip mining down there. That's all they had. Um, Kentucky, mm. Kentucky is we got we we had two major industries in this state, or three major industries in this state for a long time: tobacco, coal, and bourbon, and. Uh, Tobacco and coal was spread from one end of the state to the other for a long time. And that, well, uh, our, for a long time, our biggest export was marijuana. But, you know, that that wasn't legal at that time. Yeah, so yeah. We, we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, 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 bourbon was something that had largely left Western Kentucky behind. And now it's starting to pick up. You know, Tim Smith went down there to a distillery that, it, it ended up exploding that distillery did um because of a they a, a faulty uh uh valve um but a faulty pressure valve um and um you know he he it uh they, they have casey jones down there they got the neely um they got green river which are putting out some fantastic fantastic bourbons um just some really good stuff that we're all pretty big fans of um but um you know, the Neely, uh, that he sent me that, that, that absence, I was like, wow, this is, this is really like, it's not, it's not like just chewing on a piece of black licorice, which mm -hmm. is, which was something that I really appreciated because I don't like mm -hmm. black licorice. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really complex. It was a serious drink. Like you just said, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's and I, I would like to get my hands on some of yours as well. Cause it, it like, you know, I saw it. And uh, I did. I did see the, you know, the little dancing fairies at the bottom of the glass and whatever. It looked really good. I was really impressed with what you were able to come out with out of the out of the woods. I got like sixty gallons in a barrel right now. Wow! Like 50, 50 gallons in a barrel right now. No, it's sixty gallons because I got a little ten gallon tester that I uh, I was teaser that I started with, and I started seeing the 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 how much it was improving. In that little small barrel, so I said, "Come on, we're gonna make a fifty-gallon run of this." Almost broke me to make that fifty-gallon run because those herbs ain't cheap at all. So it's we ran that proper system and came up with an even better product. Where the the the, the star anise and the uh, anise seed are less prominent in it, but they're still there. And we added some kind of Louisiana the Mongliati. I added the Mongliati to it. And we took lemon balm away and used rose hips instead. And it, my man, everybody that drinks that tell me you didn't make that, dude. You didn't make that. <laughs> you didn't make that. Like that, that came out of a store. Somebody, you you bought that from somewhere. Cause I, I don't know. I just love it, man. At one point, I couldn't stand it. But boy, if I could get my hands on some of that stuff. Y'all got over there, and what I made, I might that might be the only two things I really drink because I could really sit down and drink one good shot of that. That stuff's one forty. Damn, one good shot of that, you good. Mm -hmm. You really good. I know I could go to a, a, a bar and not drink nothing and have a real good time. Yeah, <laughs> after a couple of shots of that, just well, I had a 
I had a friend when I used to drive buses back in the day when Moonshiners for at uh before Moonshiners first came on, but he used to go to the nightclub. He was always a de designated driver. He didn't really drink too much. So in order to blend in with people, he would get Sprite and a splash of Coke. And it looked like a mixed drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. He always did that. So that's, I mean, that's what I would do when I go to the bar. A little bit of that absent, and I'm good, man. That's, uh, and I wish a lot of people would broaden their horizons and say, hey, I'm going to try that. Cause, dude, it, like, it'll really do you good. If it's good, oh my God. What a good what, I, what, what I'm hearing between, you know, uh, your, your success in Maggie Valley and Hillbilly Jam is that Jerry's going to need to fly up here and meet me. I'm gonna have to pick him up the, at the at the airport, and then Paul's gonna have to drive down from Maryland, and we're all gonna have to converge and uh, just drive around Maggie Valley and see if we can't uh, luck into luck into something that uh, you've 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 had your hands on. Um, or you can send me address and I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wasn't gonna go that far and ask for that, but yes, sir, absolutely. Yeah, I'll uh, send it to you, man. But. Yeah, um, so um, a question I wanted to ask, I, I know that I'm, we, we had this discussion about a month ago that, that Craig's very private and we wish him well in his recovery, um, but, and I do want to steer away from what happened or how it happened or anything like that, but how did Craig get involved with this with, with I mean, did did you just ask him? And he's like, okay, cool, let's let's yeah, go do I it. Needed help. I needed help because Moonshiners told me they were coming after I won on Master Distiller. Uh, Digger pretty much asked me after I won if I would want to do something like that. So he talked to my boss now, uh, and it was a little while, but he called me and said, "Hey, we want you to uh, do an episode. We want to see if you can fit into the, the situation." So I I needed help. I just called Craig like, "Hey." My son was too young at the time, and my son who had been he had been the one around me all the time when I was making alcohol. But at this point, I was going through a divorce and uh, living back at home in New Iberia, and needed some help. And Craig just came in with me, kind of giving me a hand. But now, I mean, he'll be telling me stuff like, "Hey, no, that's not right. I found a better way," <laughs> which I love because that means he's working. That means he's researching. You know what I right. mean? Right. You know, he just using just just stuff I just I, I'm not going to do because I don't do. He's found the reason why it's easier for him to do with the same results, because it's all about recipe as far as we're concerned. You know, unless we're making a recipe, it'd be the only time you see me saying, yeah, let me throw that in there. Let me throw that in there. But I see that he's tedious and methodical now trying to get his legs really in the game by himself without being under my under me. And Craig had a devastating accident. Craig fell off of a, uh, you ever seen those little scooters, those little one-wheel unicycles where you stand and the wheel is in the middle of you? Yes, sir. Craig fell off of one of those things doing 38 miles an hour, hit the concrete. Huh. And the only thing that stopped him was his face. God damn. I mean, he broke, literally, he broke every bone in his face. Literally, his face was flat when they got into the hospital. Yeah. Um, so 
he's got a long way to go. He won't be able to do the show this season. Y'all won't see him on the show this season. They might get him in at the end just to let everybody know that he's doing okay. But he is really private. Like, he's reclusive. He has a huge house by himself. And that's all he wants to do, make alcohol now. So he's on the computer all day long, and he's making alcohol all day long. And he's like you. He won't sell nothing to nobody, but he'll give it to any policeman, any state trooper, any national guardsman, any fireman, anybody in a uniform. He'll give it to him. He already he told I said, man, you're not scared to give these police liquor. He's like, man, they don't make that much money. Trust me, they need it more than they need to make a case on it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing that. So, like, I'll tell you a quick story. I made some uh, some peach brandy. And uh, I was going to see a buddy of mine. I hadn't seen him in years. A uh, really good friend of mine. And uh, I'm at his house in Louisville. <laughs> this motherfucker. Uh, I, I, I still give him shit about this because come the fuck on. But uh, anyway, I'm sitting there <laughs> talking to my wife. And there's this couple sitting off to the left of my wife there. And my buddy's standing right there talking to them. And all I can hear, what, what, what clues me in is I hear him say my name. He goes, no, Adam made it. <laughs> so I look over and I was like, what's that? And uh this woman goes, uh Adam, are you a distiller by trade? No, it's just a hobby. It's just something that I like to do. She said, Well, what do you do? I said, I work, you know, for UK. I do IT at UK. I said, What do you do? She said, I'm a special agent with the FBI. My heart fell out of my chest. 